I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a tiny device that could have a huge impact on brain cancer, some news about keto and fertility, and the truth about the old saying, opposites attract. And just a brief trigger warning here, our second story contains a conversation about diet and weight loss culture. If you have any sensitivity around this topic, we recommend you skip ahead. But without further ado... Let's satisfy some curiosity. Every year, about 20,000 Americans are diagnosed with a type of brain tumor called a glioma. They are among the deadliest types of brain cancer, partly because they're so difficult to treat. Okay, what makes them so difficult to treat? Well, for one thing, they grow in the brain, so removing them can be especially tricky. The brain isn't exactly the best place to go poking around, and if the tumor is in a particularly important part of the brain, then treatment options become really limited. Doctors can use a handful of drugs to shrink them, but the thing is everyone's tumor is a little different, so everyone needs a unique cocktail of drugs. Okay, but how do they figure out which combination of drugs is the right one for the right person, especially considering how hard it is to get to the tumor? Mostly, it's trial and error. The same thing that makes gliomas hard to remove makes them hard to study. It's just not easy to get to them. So one of the traditional approaches to treatment is to just try out a certain drug combination and see if that works. And if it doesn't, well, then you move on to the next thing. Do patients have time for all of that? Mm, Not always. Some types of gliomas have a five-year survival rate around 5% by some estimates. Okay, so far I'm not liking the story all that much, but I'm guessing this is the part where you tell me there's good news? You know me pretty well. Researchers from Brigham and Women's Hospital at Mass General Brigham in Massachusetts have developed a teensy tiny device that can be implanted in brain tumors during surgery that can release minuscule amounts of different drugs to test their effects in real time. Okay, so how small are we talking here? It kind of looks like a grain of rice. It's so small that inserting it into the tumor is super easy and maybe more importantly, minimally invasive. But its small package is pretty deceiving because this little thing packs a punch. So it's, it's got drugs in it. Um, how, do, how does that work? The researchers who developed it say it's like putting a laboratory inside the tumor. And if you think about it, that's a huge deal. Usually, if you want to test drugs on a tumor in a lab, you'd have to get a little piece of the tumor, put it in a dish, and you know, then treat it with drugs. Right. But I'm guessing that's not ideal because first you have to somehow get a piece of the tumor, which isn't easy. And then a dish isn't exactly the same thing as the body. Exactly. But this micro device changes all that. Once it's inserted, it can deliver tiny doses of up to 20 drugs to the tumor while it's still in the patient's body. This allows the device to study the effects of the drugs on the tumor cells and microenvironment in real time. How do they get that data? Like, how do they know what drug combinations worked? 
Well, after a while, the device is removed and the tissues around it are analyzed, which lets researchers see molecular changes and responses that each drug and drug combo produced in the tumor. It's like putting the process of fine-tuning treatments into hyperdrive. Yeah, that's exactly right. It'll help doctors find specific and personal treatments for each patient just at warp speed. And they're still in trials at this point, but so far they've been really impressed with the results. They've been able to gather all that data with virtually no adverse effects. And that could mean the difference between life and death for a whole bunch of people every year. I mean, I guess this is one device that's actually good for your brain. Who'd have thought? How do you know if someone's on a ketogenic diet? Uh... I don't know. Are there physical signs you can check for? (laughs) Nope. All you have to do is uh, wait a few minutes and they'll tell you all about it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, uh, keto is super popular these days. (laughs) It really is. Uh, For those of you who have been living under a rock for the last few years, the ketogenic diet, or keto for short, is basically a low-carb, high-fat diet that is meant to put the body into a state of something called ketosis, which, to put it very simply, is where you start burning fat for energy. It's an interesting diet for many reasons, though we should definitely mention that we don't support judgmental diet and weight loss culture on this show. Exactly, 100%. Physical wellness looks different for everyone, so while keto may be an option for one person, it might not be for someone else. That said, keto's been shown to help control blood sugar and reduce inflammation, and we've even talked about how it can reduce the risk of seizures on this show. And a new study reveals another hidden aspect of this regimen. The study, published in the Journal of the Endocrine Society, found that the keto diet may lower testosterone levels in women with polycystic ovary syndrome. I I did not have that on my uh, keto bingo card, <laughs> probably because I'm not exactly sure what it is. Polycystic ovary syndrome? Yep, or PCOS. It's one of the most common hormone disorders in women of reproductive age. It's not totally clear what causes it, but women who suffer from it can have irregular periods, sometimes no periods at all, or even really heavy periods. That that sounds like a sort of hormonal chaos. That is definitely one way to put it, but that's not all. Sometimes they'll see hair growing on their faces, chest, stomachs, and backs. They'll have acne and weight gain, and if that's not enough, it can wreak havoc with the fertility and raise the risk of diabetes and other metabolic problems. Jeez, none of that sounds good. But what's with the mysterious hair growth? That's actually a great question because it sort of ties into the keto part. So PCOS affects somewhere between 7 and 10% of women. And in addition to all that other stuff, it also causes elevated levels of testosterone and other androgen hormones. Ah, thus the mysterious hair growth. Testosterone is a male hormone, so that would make sense. But where does keto come into play? So, the study looked at clinical trials of the keto diet in PCOS patients and found that when they stuck with it for at least 45 days, their testosterone levels dropped. And with that came improved ovulation, more regular periods, significant weight loss, and all sorts of happy results. Okay, wow. How on earth does keto do all of that? They aren't sure of all the mechanisms at play here, but they do know that rapid weight loss is often beneficial for women with PCOS who often struggle with obesity. Simply losing weight can help get hormones back on track. Plus, high levels of insulin is common in patients with PCOS, which in turn can drive higher levels of testosterone. And you want to guess what helps with regulating insulin? Is it the keto diet? (laughs) You got it. But it's not just that. Chronic inflammation plays a role in PCOS, and keto eliminates sugar and carbs from the diet. Okay, foods that cause inflammation. Yep. So the next time someone claims that keto is a cure-all, 
I should just believe him? I mean, well, okay. Again, keto isn't for everyone, and any diet that cuts out whole categories of food risks causing nutrient deficiencies. And some researchers say that the higher fat intake isn't so good for the old ticker. Plus, it can be hard to stick with. That said, for all those naysayers out there, it may be time to admit that those friends who won't stop talking about keto might be onto something. I'll never hear the end of this. <laughs> I know, right? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Paula Abdul once had a number one hit song called Opposites Attract. Dude, that is a deep cut. That's, that's got to be like 30 years old. Well, 35 to be exact. It's a song about two people who are totally opposite in every way, but still love each other. And it's an old song, but it's an even older saying. Oh, totally. Like, if you find a partner, you should look for someone who is your opposite so that they compliment you, right? Well, if a massive new study from researchers at the University of Colorado in Boulder is right, then opposites attract is totally wrong. Wait, no way. So opposites don't attract? Not according to this study, and it was a big one. Researchers looked at 199 previous studies and analysis of the UK biobank data on nearly 80,000 couples. Some of the studies they analyzed went back more than a century, with the oldest one having been conducted in 1903. All in all, they studied the traits of millions of couples and found that people are more likely to partner up with those similar to themselves. Okay, so what kind of traits are we talking about here? Like height and age or whether or not we like the Cleveland Browns? Who are the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> well, in short, yeah. They looked at dozens of different traits, over 150 in all. Everything from political affiliation to alcohol consumption to height and weight. And some of those traits showed high correlations between partners, while others didn't. So what do most couples have in common? Turns out we like people who share our political views and religion and have a similar level of education and IQ. We also like people who drink as much or as little as we do. But stuff like height and personality traits show less correlation. But stuff like height and personality traits show less correlation. It was still there, it just wasn't as strong. And introversion versus extroversion? Okay, let me guess. People who are extroverts like introverts and vice versa. I think that's one where opposites definitely attract. <sighs> Wrong. No way. Well, there just wasn't a correlation at all, according to this research. In other words, extroverts and introverts don't really have a preference either way. Okay, that one really surprises me. The whole thing is a bit of a surprise, really. It disproves an old assumption in genetics that human mating tends to be random. And that's important because when we select partners who are similar to ourselves, we end up creating less diversity in the gene pool. If tall people have kids with other tall people and short people pair with other short people, you'd assume that pretty soon you'd live in a world with a bunch of very short people and a bunch of very tall people. Sure. If we all just meet and fall in love with people just like us, then we create generations of more and more similar offspring. Yeah, that's the idea. Like I said, physical traits aren't as powerfully correlated, but we still tend to prefer people our own size, even just, just a little bit. And scientists call this kind of selection assortative mating and say it can skew genetic studies. 
Some research has even linked assertative mating to increasing income inequality. Okay, people with money stick with other people who have money. Am I getting that right? Yep, and over time that leads to more inequality and less social and financial mobility. So is this back to the drawing board for all of our geneticist friends? Well, no. While this study has implications across fields like economics, sociology, and anthropology, the researchers are quick to point out that the correlations are pretty modest and shouldn't be overstated. Their goal here is to spark further research based on their analysis and get closer to some kind of understanding of why we choose the partners we choose. So does Paula Abdul have to issue a retraction? (laughs) No, absolutely not. That song is pure fire. (laughs) I'm going to guess that this is the first time anyone has ever said that about Paula Abdul's opposites attract. How dare you? (laughs) Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Researchers developed a device the size of a grain of rice that can test personalized drug cocktails on brain tumors during surgery, providing new hope for treatments against deadly gliomas that currently have few options. This innovative tech brings the lab right to a patient's tumor, gathering insights on real-time drug responses that could pave the way for more effective personalized medicine. The high-fat, low-carb ketogenic diet has emerged as a promising potential treatment for polycystic ovary syndrome. The high-fat, low-carb ketogenic diet has emerged as a promising potential treatment for polycystic ovary syndrome. A comprehensive study of over 100 traits in millions of couples conclusively proves that birds of a feather really do flock together when it comes to romantic relationships. People are more likely to share traits with their partners, suggesting that opposites don't actually attract. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.